Before January 1956, the daily lives of the Hitchens family would have struggled to have been considered remarkable. That year would mark the beginning of one of the most perplexing paranormal cases in London's history. It would seemingly begin with the discovery of a mysterious key. The father of the family, Wally Hitchens, would try the key in every lock in their terraced house on Wycliffe Road. The key didn't fit any of the doors or cabinets, but, unbeknownst to the Hitchings family, it may have been what unlocked the flood of supernatural events that would plague their home for years to come. The ghostly activity that would follow centered around their 15-year-old daughter, Shirley. A mischievous spirit would come to reside within the Hitchings family home and, as some paranormal researchers have concluded, use a Shirley as a conduit to communicate with the living. This case file joined the theorists as they find a new way to Ouija in the Battersea Poltergeist. The Battersea Poltergeist. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Uh, this is stamping it right now. The world's most poltergeist. The world's most poltergeisty <laughs> poltergeist. Yeah. It's high on the geistometer. Geistiest? The geistiest yeah, geisty geisty poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah. I suppose. It's very geisty. Dan, do you have your geistometer um, calibrated? Yeah, uh, yeah. I zeroed it out this morning. Oh, perfect. How? How'd you zero it? <laughs> to what? Well, there are no poltergeists currently in my house, so, so it's zero. To zero. <laughs> so it's at zero. Okay, that checks so, out. Just a thought I was having before we start this one because I think it's relevant. I was I was listening to this and read, doing some reading and stuff when I was thinking about poltergeists. You kind of get the trend of like how a poltergeist starts. It's like small stuff, right? It, it always seems to be small stuff and then that progresses to uh, more, it gets, shit gets more and more crazy like as the time goes on living with this poltergeist. And it kind of made me think that I wonder if everyone kind of has run, run-ins with poltergeist, but because you don't give it the, like maybe these things feed on attention, like they're attention horrors, right? Because I was thinking, like you know, when you you, you so know, you're like a poltergeist. You, Is that what yeah, you yeah. <laughs> uh, you you got your keys, whatever. This is an example. You got your keys. You put them down, and then you're like, "Where the fuck are my keys?" You're like, "I know, put them somewhere." Then you walk around the house. You're like, "Look everywhere," and you're like, "There's no keys." And then all of a sudden, they're on your kitchen counter. You're like, "I fucking looked there." You're like, "What? That's <laughs> weird." And you grab them, and you pay no more attention, right? Part of me wonders if, like, if those kind of events could be chalked up to poltergeist activity. But the difference is, is that you're not dwelling on that. Like the more you were, like if you were to really be You're missing something though. You're missing a key factor. 
It that? can't be a poltergeist unless you're an adolescent girl. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That is the one fucking key contributing factor to initiating a poltergeist. No, I'm I'm on Braden's side of this. I think everyone probably has a poltergeist attached to them. Kind of like, you know, people call them guardian angels. They're not. They're just poltergeists. Most of them are friendly. You never pay them any mind because they don't really do much. They just kind of subtly fuck with you all the time. Yeah. Just a little like, bit. As as you pay the mind and you're like, like, so say if like I put my keys on my counter, found them and then I was like, I know I didn't put my keys there. I, and you're just like really bothered by this and you you give more like, how did they get there? And like the more like energy and stuff you put in, the more you feed this thing to then, right? Then you get the ghost footsteps like, right? I don't know like, though. What that, that, that can, buddy, that'll derail my day. I, I've watched If I can't find my keys. Adventure. I know how this works. <laughs> If I, I can't a, find my keys, I'll flip a fucking table. I'm not angry. I had a polter, poltergeist. Well, poltergeist. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I, have a, I had a poltergeist steal an entire lanyard of keys just last week, and it's gone forever. I don't know where they went. They're on a big red lanyard. Can't lose them. They're gone, though. Buddies, no one has stronger poltergeist than you, Zell. A poltergeist stole your fucking Toyota Tacoma. Right out of the driveway. <laughs> Vanished. It's true. I just got a four-year four year reminder the other day. <laughs> Gone. Right? Gone. It's been four right. years. Never found again. <laughs> that was a good post. <laughs> R.I.P. Blue. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, Sent it to the group chat. Ah. <laughs> that, hurt. that hurt to read that yeah, again. Four that years popped later. up in my memories. Yeah, four years. Sure. I think it's four years ago. Yeah. That's pretty good. Shame. <laughs> posted, the, posted the missing truck ad. <laughs> hey, remember when this happened? Poltergeist <laughs> Facebook. Thanks. Yeah. yeah that's, you should read phrase that post repost like hey like the it's the fucking mountain av poltergeist <laughs> so much shit goes missing no one's had more shit stolen than zell has had stuff stolen in his life i've had ipads has, i've had a full full suspension mountain bike a truck hey, that has nothing to do with his carefree attitude no. and never locking doors and nothing leaving at keys all. in trucks well and Correct. the fact that he's got all the fancy shit nobody's stealing yeah. my stuff because it sucks <laughs> That's true. Not one person has broken into meth laboratories. My guitar, my guitar it. got stolen. Mm. I've lost. At a one lot. time, they they broke into my car because they thought there was an iPhone in my car, but it was just like an old broken screen that I had replaced. And they didn't take anything. They just left, <laughs> just it. left it. If anything, I think they, they I think they wide left open. some stuff. They left, left you a, a tip. Said, hey, fuck you, buddy. Yeah, no, that's not true. Actually, <laughs> I was in paramedic school. They took all my my school books and shit like that, and just walked around Glenmore ripping them and ripping them in pieces. And throwing them out. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> It was really cool. Uh, but we're talking today about, uh, honestly, I'm a little surprised I've never heard about this one before, before we got into it. Because like, as far as polter, poltergeist cases go, poltergeist, like, poltergeist, I mean, yeah. poltergeist, <laughs> that's how I like it. The, yeah, yeah. If there's more mm. than one, it's poltergeese mm. uh, uh, or poltergooses. I don't know which one, but either either way, like, I was surprised because I'm like, man, this is such a fucking big case and spans over such a long duration of time. The fucking 12 years. Right? And uh, I think we've talked about other ones that kind of tag into this, like the Enfield Poltergeist. I'm pretty sure we talked about that. Yep. And this is like a precursor really to to that one. So it, it was kind of weird that we, uh, it took us this long to get on the, the Battersea Poltergeist. Yeah, the uh, this this case is interesting because it's one of those ones like we did we did the Watsika Wonder that one time, and uh, we we talked about how a lot of the poltergeist uh, paranormal cases that are the m- most uh, interesting um, 
are the ones that usually have like a singular person who kind of accounts for it, somebody who kind of documents it um, and interacts with the with the phenomenon like on a, a fairly regular basis. And um, that's what you get with this case is that you get a lot of you don't get a lot of separate accounts. You get like maybe one or two, but they're very detailed and they're very like it's a person that is very consistent basis tracking everything that's going on. There's good documentation. There's journals. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of physical documentation, letters and correspondence and stuff like that. Our newspaper articles, all this stuff that kind of adds up to this wonderfully weird tale <laughs> of this of this Poulter. Poltergeist. <laughs> um, and and it starts it starts out weird enough that you're kind of like okay yeah this this might be the beginning of something that is truly weird. So uh, in late January of 1956, um, <laughs> uh, there was a key that was found uh, by one. Um, uh, Shirley, Shirley Hitchens, uh, and you know, it, to describe it, it was approximately two inches long and silver in color, and um, it looked like it would be designed for a small lock that you might find on a desk or something. Uh, and so Shirley brought it home uh, to her house on oh, uh, White Cloud, number sixty-three, Whitecliff Road. I thought she, I thought she woke up and it was on her pillow. Not yet, not, not yet. yet. Oh, she found it first. That was fucking. She found it first, and then when she brought it home, uh, you know, her, you know, showed it to her father and stuff. Her father thought maybe it was a key that's something to around the house, and maybe he did. He walked around the entire house, they said, and he kind of like tried the key in each of the locks around the house, and, and none of them, the key didn't fit in any of them. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, she, she found this fucking key from outside, like somewhere outside, then brings it home, and then dad starts hoping that it opens a lock in their house. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to try. <laughs> He's like, maybe by, it's a skeleton key. I thought it was yeah, just on the table or something the first time. Yeah, I thought it was in the house, but... I thought it was in the uh, house, too. They're like, the which one makes that sense I read is that she found it in the house and was like, hey, this is peculiar. What's this key? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And that's a weird thought. That's a weird thought because I'm like, what if that's how a poltergeist like gets in your home? Is like, think about your house right now. I, I can guarantee you, all three of you and everyone listening... If you open a drawer, there's a key in a drawer and you go, I don't know what the fuck this key's for. Yeah, torture it. Guarantee. Just throw it out. Yeah. Don't try it. <laughs> don't don't pay that key any mind. Toss it out. That's a poltergoose. Get it out. <laughs> um, so by, by Shirley Hitchens' father, his name is Wally, by his account, he had left the key after he had tried it in every lock, you know, key, uh, lock and door, cupboard, desk, anywhere he could find a, a lock, um, and it didn't work. He put it on uh, the kitchen table. But the next day, the key was found on top of Shirley's bed. Oh, and like Shirley, like, like, Shirley, like, Shirley like brought it, was like, hey, oh, did you put the key here? What's and he's this like, key doing here? He's like, where'd you, where'd you find it? She's like, on my bed. And he's like, did you put it there? And he's like, she's like, no. And he's like, well, I didn't put it there. What? You you must have. And like the dad kind of was like, thought like she's playing jokes on him. Brayden, that was a beautiful dramatic reenactment there. That was really good. Fairly accurate. I like that. That was good. Yeah, it was really good. Make I wish you would have done an accent. We're known for our quality reenactments. No. Like we can't I, I'm big. so bad at the fucking accent. Oi. Oi. What's the fucking key here, huh? Oi, dad. Oi, pop. What's, what's, what is this North, what is this North London? Is this, this is South London. This is South London. South London. Yeah, Oi, poppy. Like Cornwall. Poppy. No, what did they say? Poppy. Oi, pop. Poppy. Oi, dad. 
Oi, Dad! The, the yeah, keys. Yeah, the keys. <laughs> the keys on my bed. <laughs> like if Andrew mm. can do can't do Australian, like I can't do Cockney. That's it. That's fair. <laughs> Oi, Shirley, uh, you must put it there. <laughs> so to kind of give you an idea of the conditions that we're dealing with here in the atmosphere, um, really the setting for this entire case, you have this uh, number 63 on Wycliffe Road. Uh, it was a pretty much like uh, unremarkable street and you kind of just had a bunch of terraced houses and most of the district was working class. Um, you had living in the house, uh, you had Walter Hitchings, uh, which was uh, the father, uh, age 47, his 51-year-old wife, Catherine, or Kitty, uh, their 15-year-old daughter, uh, daughter, Shirley. And then you had a couple of other occupants as well. Uh, you had upstairs, in the upstairs rooms, you had Wally's 73-year-old mother, Ethel. And then uh, you had- Former, former all-pro defensive lineman, Ethel. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Six four two fifty. She's fucking humongous. She's a unit, Dude. man. Honestly, she's. I was like, there is no fear. Like, there is no fear. Now I don't know where that two fifty sits. I don't know if she holds Doesn't it matter. well. But it's but a I six like four pers- frame. Yeah, that's, that's what a I six say. four I like, frame. I like to like in my head. I'm like, she holds it well in my head. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, she's a unit. Absolutely. Here's this little little side story about Ethel. In World War II, when Hitler was bombing the shit out of London, she would go up to the roof and sit on the fucking roof. Like she was going to punch these things out of the way if they were coming for her house. She's a fucking unit. But she'd be like in her late 60s, early 70s. Let's say World War One. Yeah. She would have been a little bit more spry during World War One, I'd imagine, yeah. right? Either way. You put some, <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, <laughs> don't, don't bug Ethel. Don't fuck with Ethel, man. Yeah, don't fuck no. with Ethel. I can't uh, yeah. even believe they're geist in this house with the Ethel yeah. in there. You yeah, think by, they'd pop in and be like, nah, we're good. By all accounts, yeah, the, the family dynamic seemed to be, uh, at least in the beginning, you had Ethel, who is like the head matriarch, like pretty much like whatever <laughs> she said, she, she ruled over yeah, that no home. Shit. Yeah, because she's um, ru- fucking ruled over looking down on everything, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's like, no she'd calm your head. What was that? Just pick you up, move you aside. Um, And then uh, one of the other regular characters would be uh, Mark, which uh, is a pseudonym that is used for another male relative uh, in his 20s. Um, Little information is really given about him uh, because he later kind of just didn't want any part of this. Understandably, like the the stuff that we're going to get into is kind of like, yeah, you would probably never want anybody to know any of this stuff that happened. Um, So... Soon after the experimenting with the key and trying to opening things, um, noises began to be noticed uh, by the Hitchings. They started in the downstairs bedroom uh, about 10.30 p.m. on Friday, the 27th of January. Um, this would be 1956. And, and yeah, the sounds like, I mean, anyone who's lived in an old house would know, like my house does it too sometimes, where you get like, you get these pipe noises where it's like, do, 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 do. Like, it's like a like loose pipe a, in a wall. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it's something, and it just rattles a little bit, and you're like, ooh, what was that? Like, and I, I, I think it's a pretty universal sound. Like, if, you, if you've lived in an older house or, like, if you've seen any kind of horror movie, you know what this sound is. <laughs> yeah, so they, they started hearing these kind of bumping and scratching sounds, and they kind of progressively got louder and more frequent to the point where they were starting to hear them during the day as well, not just at night. So, 
And they got so loud at a point where like the fucking neighbors came over. We're like, shut the fuck up. We've had it with you and you shit. Quit fucking hammering around. Tell Ethel to quit doing fast feet upstairs. We've had it with her shit. And they're like, it's not us. Buddy, it's not Ethel's us. up in the attic just banging and clanging. She's got a fucking bench. She's getting gains. Like fucking. But like when I, the, the sounds apparently were so loud that they like were all encompassing in the house. Like they mm-hmm. said they were coming from the walls. It, they, Ethel described it as it sounded like something was trapped and trying to get out. Yeah. In the walls. Like, like it's it. fucked up. And it's like, again, you have neighbors coming over and being like, cut that doing? shit out. Yeah. What are you doing? We're fucking losing it. <laughs> uh, so they soon kind of understood that the, these, these sounds or something kind of seem to be focused or surrounding Shirley at some point. Uh, There's something with her that when she kind of been around that these, these sounds would kind of either follow her around or kind of be in the general area of usually where she was at was something like that. Now, um, Wally worked, um, uh, he, he worked as like an, an underground, like he worked in the like the subways, like is, was his job. And um, one of his coworkers, Here's a ghost conductor, <laughs> um, one of his one of his fellow underground train drivers by the name of Henry Hanks actually um, sent him a note offering his assistance because apparently Hanks was a bit of a spiritualist, and and his free time, um, I guess, as a hobby, he practiced as a medium. And, I and maybe, I don't know, you know how you say it, and, and this is this is not facts, but this is just my, and you'll you'll see why later on in the story, but maybe a bit of a, how do they say it in the UK? Pedo? <laughs> I'm not sure. That's, that's, that might be, that's speculation. Um, Very speculation. <laughs> you'll, you'll, no, but, well, I'm going to allude to that, <laughs> the reasons why, because some of the shit that uh, Mr. Harry Hanks does later on is questionable. <laughs> So uh, Mr. Hanks uh, offered up his services as a part-time medium uh, to go ahead and try to drive out whatever was the, you know, the malefic uh, entity that was causing these sounds uh, to, to in <laughs> I love, number 63 on Wycliffe I love Road. that. I love that as a part-time medium. As if there's, mm-hmm. that, that alludes to there's not enough work to do it full-time, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's... It, it well, I mean, may, it's not that there's not enough work, it's probably just not enough money. Well, or here's the, you the can't other thing. fucking live off that shit. The other thing that I've thought about is because like there's a lot of fucking grifters in that kind of space. And it's like if this person is like, yeah, I do this, you know, I can take care of it. And then it's like these people like can go and like it can't like they know this, whatever these family experience, old house, whatever, they go and they're like, yeah, I can do this. And then people will go to this and like, holy fuck, it's real. It's real. <laughs> they have no experience doing it at all. And that, to me, like when you, Label yourself as well. I, I do this on the side of my desk. I'm a part-time medium. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 to just give it a bit of context, like spiritualism was fairly still it was still fairly popular around this time. Like uh, you know, uh, there had been the big revival after World War One. People kind of got into it, and it kind of we experienced this entire revival in the you know most of the Western world. Uh, these ideas of communicating with the dead. Um, you know, could be attributed to some people, you know, as a coping mechanism of trying to uh, adjust to the loss, like the massive losses experienced by families, um, you know, after World War One and World War Two. And so, um, but uh, Hanks, uh, you know, described himself as being somewhat of a competent medium. 
I'm not sure by what standards, but he, uh, so what he did is he, uh, you know, told Wally that I can come and I can help you out. So Wally invited Hanks to come visit number 63 on Sunday, uh, the 5th of February of that year. And so when he arrived, he brought with him his wife um, and his daughter, and they all kind of held a little seance, uh, you know, accompanied by Shirley in order to try and contact this, communicate with this spirit or entity mm, that seemed to be focused on her. For real, for real, I just want to say this again. Got something to say? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the wine's hitting you. Am I interrupting? T- no, no. It's just for, for real, guys. For real. <laughs> for real. I'm I drinking, just have to say this. For I'm real. Drinking, no, I'm, I'm, I'm for serious here. I'm for, yeah, like your white girl wasted already. White wine wasted. Like, are you guys this listening? Is so oh my God. Serious. Uh, are you we serious? should. We should have a séance. That's what I was gonna say. We should have a séance. Uh, I agree. That right. The next time we have a pod week, we should hire someone, a part-time medium, to come and do a séance with us. Why are they called mediums? Why are they called mediums? Is it because it's like in between? You're between like you dimensions. Got small and you got large, oh, and then mediums yeah. in between. No, you're between dimensions. You got the yeah, in the middle of them. You got the supernatural plane and reality, and then you got in between, and that's where the mediums but operate. So whether or not they'll be let us mediums do it live, in between, because it's in between yeah. small and large. There you go. Yeah, whether they do is it, that what it is? Whether they allow us to do it live or we do it, and then. Your experience, I would love to do one. I'm just saying. Like, I'll, I think it would I'll be- plant, I'll tell her there's no, we have nothing recording, No, but I'll have hidden cameras and microphones, no problem. My worry is if it's, you know, like the Hasbro uh, Hasbro boards uh, where you can't record anything or else it won't work. It, I don't know. I don't want to do it. It works. Anyways. We will so, summon my mom and she'll do nothing but cast gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so so Hank, Hank comes, the part-time medium, and he's running one. Uh, so yeah, he runs a seance. And so after the seance, there's a, there's a small short period probably, um, until after he left that the tapping started again. Um, 10 days later, Hank returned, um, to kind of give it another shot. And so as the Hitchings family waited, uh, trying to kind of the, the Hitchings family to kind of describe them is like, they were very devout religious people. They were, uh, they were English. They were, they were, you know, church, like devout members of the church in England. Um, their grandma so was I, also like old school, like Irish Catholic. Yeah. So oh. they really didn't, they, they felt oh, like she they loved were the very, Lord by you. She <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, they really felt like they, they were more kind of logical people. Jesus they like, they weren't really into the ghosts. <laughs> Wait, she's like the fucking boondock saints. Um, you know, so uh, Kitty and Wally were kind of really out of sorts and out of place, and felt out of place here in this this atmosphere of trying to you know interact with spirits and all of this thing. This think was not Kitty. in their wheelhouse. <laughs> Listen, well, speaking of wheels, Shirley, could you think of a worst position to be in? You're living in a house that's been paranormally activated. You're in the fucking middle of a poltergeist. It is 1956. I don't even think they've invented wheelchair ramps yet, and this lady is fucking wheelchair bound. You're not getting away from shit. Well, and also you're, you're not at the will. You're at the will to any poltergeuses in the house. Mm. They're going to wheel you wherever you want. Do they even exactly. have locks on wheelchairs back then? I don't know. Right? Man. Like when? Like, I don't, like wheelchair technology is advanced, but like, were there? Did they have the locks they could push down themselves, lock them in place? Well, it doesn't matter. Know. It's poltergeist. So pick you up. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, uh, Kitty Kitty did suffer from uh, like severe chronic arthritis. Like, uh, so Ouch. she was she was wheelchair bound for most uh, for all of this, I suppose. Like her, and I suppose I think Ethel too was also pretty much like low she, mobility. Well, yeah, she uh, she had some like. Neuro de- neurological deficits from a CVA, supposedly. Yeah, she had bad She's knees still from fucking playing six, four, in, uh, fucking six straight Pro Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, when Hanks came back and performed their their second seance, he sadly felt like he couldn't he, he couldn't contact whatever was there, whatever was surrounding uh, Shirley. He wasn't able to to kind of, you know, forge a link between them and, and communicate with it. But he did offer Wally the option of being, uh, to, to bring Shirley to his house in order to get a better sitting. Uh, yeah, sleepover. To, yeah, yeah, right? knows, you sleep here over. we go. Yeah, sleep and over. here we go. And this is why I alluded with, I was like, maybe, maybe, I, led, I don't know. But like the second when you're like, yeah, I don't know what's going on in your house. You know what would help? If your 15-year-old daughter would come sleep over at my house. Are our daughter friends? I don't know. No. Are we just work acquaintances? Yes. Am I a part-time medium? 100%. She should sleep at my part-time house. Part-time medium, full-time pedo. Right? Good. Like this, yeah. this whole yeah, thing, this whole, yeah. this whole thing. And it's like he does such a cop-out where he's like at, a, at the time when he's like, Nothing's happening. He's like, let me go ahead and put myself in a trance. And he's sitting at their house and he's in like a trance for fucking hours. Right? And he's just sitting there. And he's like, nothing. Can your daughter sleep over at my house? Is that cool? So it was all a ploy just to get her to sleep over at his house? That, I mean, I, I don't Maybe. know. I mean, we've seen these kind of, uh, let's call them actors before where they come in, they think they, they, they talk about knowing what to do and they, they don't, right? Like this is a, this is a, tro- <laughs> this is a movie trope. This is right? a, like this is a Stan Roman Chuck. Well, I'm not, scenario. I'm not sure. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not hundred percent sure how mediums operate, but I'm sure there's like, there's probably some connection they draw between having the poltergeist in its place, as opposed to pulling it out to somewhere where you can operate as the person like in your home that you have the power Listen, as opposed maybe, to them being maybe in their poltergeist, location. Maybe poltergeist research at this time was pretty low. So I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that we didn't know a lot about the poltergooses uh, in this in this point of time. But like what we know now is like they're pretty, they're pretty like f- fucking homeward bound. Like they're like, ah, eh, this is where I fuck around right here. Well, no, not necessarily. They're, they're attached to the person. I guess the Enfield one, they mo- it moved around too. So yeah. Ah. <laughs> Uh, well, who uh, knows? It, it's still. I would be. I would be. I would be. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I'll come. <laughs> well, Wally did agree, but he was going to go. I think he agreed that he was going to accompany her just to make sure it was safe because he does. Yeah. He does yeah, go. That's, yeah. um, so. At this, by this point, like the 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 sound and the idea that there is something there's some type of entity within the house becomes so kind of uh, just ubiquitous to the, to the hitchings. They, they try to lighten the situation. They kind of just don't take it, try not to take it as seriously to, to I, for their own sanity, I suppose. And they start, get, they start to give it like nicknames of what it is since they don't know. Um, so they started referring to uh, it as a male. They gave it like a male persona and the name of him. And uh, I think two of the ones that they used were, uh, at first, were Charlie Boy and Spooky Willie. 
I fucking love it. That's what we're going to call the fucking poltergeist at Zell's studio. We're going to call it Spooky Willie from now on. Like, fucking enough of that, Spooky Willie. Well, he's not. A, no, I, I got a demon. It's different. It's more advanced. <laughs> yeah. More advanced. It's demonic. More advanced than a poltergeist. Demon Polter, Willie. Yeah. Poltergeist wish they're demonic. They haven't, they haven't made the cut yet. You got to kill yeah. someone first. And that's, <laughs> that's, how you be, that's how a poltergeist becomes a demon. It's actually, it's like Third? a ladder. It's a supernatural Third? ladder you have to climb. Demon kill someone? I don't know about. <laughs> did the studio did demon kill someone? Did I, did I oh, not in the studio. No, yeah, I'm did. sure it killed someone before. Buddy, that's the, oh. that. The foundation of the studio was built on dead bodies. This is an old yeah. house. It's I don't know what happened here before. Dead orphans. Everything. Well, when yeah. I was digging the foundation for the garage where I built the studio, I did find some stuff that I can't say publicly. So, <laughs> yeah, because you put them there. No, I did not. Uh-huh. You fucking you said vampire that. bastard. You said you that. Move the headstones, but you didn't move the graves. <laughs> I just poured right over them. They're underneath my feet right now. <laughs> it was all pur- purposeful. Yeah. I picked this house. I I searched the old newspaper records of Kelowna, found a house with a mass murder. Yeah, sought it it's, out. It, the second Zell hits stop on his recording, you just hear child screams. Nonstop. We, had, we, had, we have to edit they those out. No, they weren't. Yeah. They weren't children. Children weren't murdered here. They were adults. Zell just filters it out on his on his audio board. Just, it enhances like, recordings. I turn that knob. Yeah. I'm gonna turn that knob. The demonic down. forces actually yeah. enhance recordings in the studio. Yeah, he's got a knob there. When you if you ever go to Meteor Studios to do some ADR or something, if you look closely, he's got a knob that it says "child screams" and it's to zero. Right, and that's just that's just his. He just makes sure it's uh, it's always at a, the lowest. He turns that up, it's just pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> Got to filter it out. So, according to one of the n- local newspapers, the Daily Express, uh, this was twenty the twenty first of February, nineteen fifty six. All five members of the Hitchens family, at some point, including their next door neighbors uh, and even the landlord, had by now seen some kind of poltergeist, what they described as poltergeist activity. So there were objects moving, um, you know, spontaneously or stuff wasn't where it was, the, the, where you remember it. They were like, you know, or things were getting turned upside down, chairs were moving, you know, it, I mean, it's, it it's crazy seemed, Nelson time, like all this shit's going crazy. It definitely seemed like the radius of the activity is growing. And like, so is the popularity. Like for for this kind of thing to hit the news, like, I mean, I would say at any time, that's fucking, that's, <laughs> that's big news. To be like, to run it, you're in a, you're writing a paper, you're like, they're fucking poltergeist active. Like, obviously it's going to bring more eyes and more attention. And honestly, with my theory, make this thing stronger, right? Like the more <laughs> mental power and attention you give this thing, the more you're feeding it. I think the more attention is key. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the, one of the big events that made it into the psychic news, and which you'll probably if you if you search up Battersea Poltergeist, this is what the the event that Wally described uh, of the events of the twenty fifth of February nineteen fifty six is what stands out to most people, and in every article you'll pretty much see it. And this is um, this is kind of pulled from one of the descriptions that. Uh, is that Shirley said that her ped clothes were being pulled out from under her. So we all got a hold of them and we felt what was being tugged by force. And, and, and this is me inserting here, but if you remember the Watsika wonder, this is almost like the exact same thing that happened during the Watsika wonder. Like we talked about that, a thing where the bed clothes are like the sheets are being pulled off the bed. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're trying to, they're trying That's, to keep them on in or whatever. Field as well. 
Right. So, well, uh, fucking Zell's experienced this kind of shit too. Like, he felt a pressing on the bed. Like, he's, we I, have someone here who's experienced I, some sort listen, of poltergeist activity. I experience this weekly. Happens every single fucking time my wife makes a bed and tucks the fucking sheets into the <laughs> bottom of the bed. As soon as I get in there, I, first thing I do is thrash about and get the fucking legs free. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Uh, it's the worst. So, but it wasn't just that that something was trying to pull these the, the bedclothes off the bed. It was that surely once they got it, like they realized that she was floating about six inches above the bed, like rigid as a board, like not moving. Back arched. Right. And so this is what this is what everybody says. Like this is 100 percent proof that she was she was floating in the air, is what they said. And that they had to like pull her, they had to pull her like completely vertical in order to to get it to stop, like to to for, for before the, the the entire phenomenon. I would ceased. have jumped on her from the top ropes, <laughs> knocked her back down. Boom! <laughs> Elbow drop from Hogan, the top rope. Back off! She has a family. Yeah, huge leg drop, <laughs> knock her back yeah, to right react out to reality. Of the air. <laughs> uh, so now you have my this. God, <laughs> my God. So, so the idea of the Battersea. Poltergeist. The news of this is now starting to get out to a bunch of different news outlets and whatever. And so now, uh, more often than not, the the hitchings were having random people like show up to their house and either either they're reporters who want to write about what is going on, or they want to interview Shirley, or they want to you know see the poltergeist, or well, it would be media offering do. their services as well. I, I would be like, honestly, if this if this if all of a sudden in the Campbell River Mirror there was an article that there was someone experienced poltergeist activity. I would be at their house tomorrow. I'd be like, can I see it? Please. <laughs> um, so one, one newspaper, the Southwestern star sent their reporter by the name of Rost Wurge. Uh, and when Wurge got there on, this is the 20th of February, the timelines are a little weird here, but like on the 20th of February, when he got there, he interviewed Shirley and his parents. And he also talked to their grandmother and Ethel at this point, uh, she's very, <laughs> she's very clear on what she thinks of the entire phenomenon. Cause Ethel at this point comments, she, she thought it was a lot of rot. That's what she said. Those are her words. Um, rot. She didn't believe that what was, yeah, yeah. she didn't think that any of this was bullshit. real. She didn't, she thought yeah. it was bullshit. She's like, I don't, I don't know she what's going on, but it's not ghosts. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but but uh, Shirley was able to demonstrate to Verge like the the tapping that was going on, and she did it by uh, the, the method that she used. It was she took her foot and she put it on like the on the the seat of a, a wooden chair, and then had you know had Word, words like put his hand on there, and then he could feel the tapping, and then she kind of moved her foot like to the edge of this uh, edge of the seat, and like it would kind of move the thing and he could still feel it um the thing is is like at this point like when you when you hear that kind of thing like she was doing like doing this stuff for reporters to me i'm like all right like in my head i was like if this was a hoax i don't to be honest and this is just i don't know if this is thinking me too highly of myself but i'm just saying (laughs) right now there is no fucking way i walk into a house and a 15 year old is gonna like dupe me into believing like if she's pull if she's trying to hoodwink me i just don't believe that she's going to be able to pull a fast one on me where i'm just like 
<laughs> she got me. This is a polter. <laughs> wow, what's going on? Like, and then later be like, oh, she had, she got me. Like, I just think that you would be genuinely astounded, or you would be like, this fifteen year old is full of shit. Like, she's fifteen. <laughs> Uh, so at some point, uh, they got the idea finally to try and communicate with this entity. We, for right now, we'll call it Spooky Willie. Um, uh, and so between Shirley and Wurge, uh, they they agreed to use a kind of code in order to try and communicate it. They kind of they pretty much told the ghost like one tap for no, two taps for yes, and three for don't know. And then it's kind of cool. It's like the it's kind of like the way they communicated with that, like with Will on Stranger Things, right? Right. With yeah, the Christmas lights. that's right. Like, yeah, fuck. I didn't think about that. Uh, so Wurge took the opportunity once they had nailed down this 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 code uh, for communication. They they questioned uh, Spooky Willie for something like three hours about trying to figure it out. And he asked like a bunch of series of questions, as you would, um, trying to, to nail down the identity of this ghost. And so what they what they seemed to get was that they came to the conclusion that this, this was the spirit of Shirley's great-grandmother, Ethel's mother, uh, uh, who had died 40 years previously. Although a little bit later, the ghost would go ahead and claim it was a boy named Donald who had played with Shirley when they were children. Yeah, See, so I he heard kinda... something, something completely different from that. I heard that they gave him the nickname Donald because they kept hearing <laughs> from the fucking walls. But no, seriously, like I, I heard that they named him Donald because they like they yeah, their I grandmother Kitty... saw him throwing tantrums. Right. Or kitties like they I think Kitty did, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because, no, I mean, other, yeah, they had a TV in the house and stuff like that, so they knew about Donald Duck, so there's a lot of stuff. That, yeah, so other, I, Donald Duck is one of the reasons about why they named it. They were like, yeah, that's Donald. Peak like, Donald sure. Duck. <laughs> well, and, like, honestly, you have no, yes, and don't know. And the fact that they're like, after some hours, re realized that it was the spirit of Shirley's great-grandmother uh, who had died 40 <laughs> years previously, and uh, later it was a boy named Donald. I'm like... How fucking long did that take with the simple answers <laughs> I mean, of yes, no, and maybe? Well, you'd be like leading you know, questions, go, I'm sure. Yeah, you go like, uh, like it's like, are you a boy or a girl? Tap, you know, whatever. It's like, no, are you, you can't. A boy? You can't say oh, that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Are you a boy? Not, hey, don't gender are you a girl. Tap, hey, tap. don't gender like, them, Dan. We don't know. Don't yeah. know. No, that's why right? I'm saying you we ask don't know. them. And then that's it's the like, question. and then you have to go like, does your name start with a? Tap tap. So does your name are you, start are you with a relative? B? Are you tap, related tap. to Shirley? Like, does yeah, your name dude. start with C? Tap tap. Does your <laughs> knee name start with D? Tap. All right, we got a D. Does the yes. second letter uh, is it an A? Tap tap. Is it sounds a like B? You're playing fuck. Sounds tap, like you're playing tap. Battleship here. So yes, it, uh, <laughs> fuck. The the early days of communicating with <laughs> would, would later become Donald is the name that they would eventually uh, Too use bad. for most of the time. When did for Hasbro now. come out with the Ouija board? I mean, they really revolutionized talking with poltergeists, right? Because like this, well, we'll this method that. is fucking painful. Yeah, it was laborious. Like it was really it was difficult to kind of do this, but it got it got better. Um, so <laughs> we've gotten better at talking to ghosts, which is good. Now, on the 21st of February of that year, the family actually actually kept, began to keep an actual journal of the strange events that happened that hadn't occurred to them until now to, to do that. But um, but this was also uh, the day that Shirley was due to appear on national television uh, to be interviewed for the BBC. <laughs> it's just so, so it's just so wild to me that it's like I mean. 
this this day and age, never, never in a million years. If you you could be getting scratched daily and be like, look at this scratch, it's just and just watch live TV as a scratch appeared, you would never make it on national like Buddy. live news. Yeah. But not that long ago, you would have though. You could have been on Ricky Lake in a heartbeat oh, with that shit. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, it would have been everywhere. Oh yeah, you would have hundred percent been on. Ricky yeah, you could have been on sightings when that was still going. That yeah, that was a good show. Um, so, so for this for this interview, um, like prior to this, like communication, like we said before, was was really difficult. But the 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 methods that they used began to evolve. So Wally was, but Wally was staunchly against you know the the time tested, uh, time tested method of the Ouija board. He did not want to use the Ouija board. He was very, very adamant that they weren't going to use that cursed object or whatever they want to call it. Um, but he was okay of the method of to use a sheet of paper of which the alphabet would be written out and then have a person pointing to each letter to get a response What's the difference? from Donald. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it just sounds like a Ouija board with extra steps. You just <laughs> like, made, you're just making your own Ouija board. You already have one made for you. Yeah, you're like, it's hey, just listen, like, listen, I want Hasbro to have none of the profits here. I, yeah, maybe that's, that's yeah, that's what he was against. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, you have somebody moving their finger over and waiting for him to tap for the letter. And it's like, that just seems like, yeah, it's like, it's still, you're still interacting with the ghost. And I don't know why the Ouija board would be any, diff- I don't know. I'm not sure, but okay. So, uh, but even after that one, they came up with an even more elaborate method, but maybe a little bit more efficient. He he was just, he was just using the lesser known Wally board. It never took (laughs) off. Um, (laughs) What they, what they ended up doing was they would take, uh, they would take a bunch of cars, each with like a, a letter on them and they would lay them out in a, in a giant circle on a table. And then in the middle of that circle, they would also have cards with answers uh, to like common answers to questions. Yes, no, maybe it's a Ouija board. Like it's a Ouija, it's a big circle Ouija board. <laughs> and so, but then board. they would move their hand around the circle and then wait for Donald to tap or make some type of, you know, acknowledgement of like, that's the letter that they were thinking. And then they would spell out and then they would write out his message about what he was saying. I, I was like, just get a Ouija board. <laughs> like, really, come on. Um, yeah, let the ghost do the spelling for you. Uh, but but one thing that did come out of all of this was that the, <laughs> the poltergeist had really bad spelling. <laughs> well, all right. Did it have spelling? Like, was it bad at spelling or was it trying to save time? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, it was bad. It was bad spelling. Like, there's... There, there's um, he had uh, sausage. You know, like, some people are bad texters because they have sausage thumbs. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe he was I, using a bad, yeah, he was using a bad thumb. You're just mashing like five a, letters at once. Yeah. He was using the little like, ELS, motion or an, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is ESL fucking poltergeist. Yeah, he's not using well, this is, well, he's Yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to that part too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's take a quick beer break right there and we'll get back to uh, this dyslexic poltergeist. We'll be right back. We're back. <laughs> So the family, the media, and the public are all gearing up and eagerly awaiting this big event that was scheduled for the evening of the of the twenty second of February, where Donald, the poltergeist that had been plaguing the Hitchings family, was going to be exorcised. Now, yeah, good old exorcism, <laughs> good old fashioned exorcism. How do you so exorcise that, a house? Wasn't the house? Was the That's thing. a fucking. It's a fucking geist named Donald. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Brayden, like because exorcisms like a demon's inside you. 
But this is yeah, like, it's a like polter, demon. The poltergeist is the house demon, if you want to look at it that yeah. way. Sure. Um, I'm, I seem to remember. By the strictest I have exercised the demons. <laughs> this house is clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, goes. they had no. kind of settled on, on the idea that this was, it was some type of kind of like possession case kind of going on. I mean, I, mean, I guess poltergeist in the strictest sense is not like an accurate term to refer to this entity, I suppose. Um, more like a possession of some type or cohabitation, I guess, something. Um, Got to remember, too, this is a part-time medium. Maybe he's not fucking... Yeah, it may be. Right? Right? Yeah, it's true. Right? He's part-time. Yeah, um, so Hanks was yeah. going to perform this exorcism at his home in Groveway, Stockwell, which is about uh, one and a half miles uh, west of Wycliffe Road, where the Hitchings family lived. Now, there were going to be people there, not just Hanks. It was going to be Hanks, his family, uh, like his wife and his daughter, um, plus uh, some photographers, reporters, and a TV cameraman, uh, plus plus Wally, uh, was going to be there uh, to ensure Shirley's safety. Uh, and they were all going to kind of cram into to the one, you know, the common room uh, of, of where they were. Now, they had the cameraman there, uh, though unfortunately for us, uh, Hanks refused to allow any photography or film during the- No flash act- photography. No flash yeah. photography. During the actual procedure- uh, the actual exorcism itself, because he felt that that would interfere with the conditions that were needed to for the ex for the exorcism to prove the f- that he <laughs> yeah, was yeah, full yeah. of shit. Um, so <laughs> I want no well, evidence no, of this because no, I don't know what the I mean, fuck like, I'm doing. Maybe like it, let's just say like because they said electronic devices and stuff capture scares this stuff away. So it's like if you're trying to capture it into a room or a place. To then expel Buddy, it. This is what do you mean electronic devices? This is 1956. You got fucking cameras made of stone with woodpeckers inside, <laughs> fucking carving out the fucking image. It's a living. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Uh, so any any of the footage or photos that, that you will see on the internet of the actual things, like those, those were actually staged uh, for after the actual exorcism had <laughs> taken <all> place. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like they were, like I mean, they had everybody there, so they wanted to get something. Um, But all of those, they got all their robes on and shit. You gotta fucking get a good picture (laughs) of it, right? So the exorcism, pretty much, (laughs) the exorcism, pretty much went down uh, like this. Uh, They sang, they sang a couple Christian songs. uh, Onward, Christian soldiers. This little light of mine. Uh, they had a piano. They had a. Let it shine. They had a this Mrs. Anna Rodin accompanying on the upright oh, piano. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And then they went into the, the Lord. Yeah. And then they went into the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, and then know. after that, that which one. was fun, <laughs> which you don't know, uh, and that was followed by a period of contemplative silence and prayer. Yeah. Uh, and they closed it out. They, they closed it out with spirit in the sky. They didn't know any more songs. They just all sat there like, oh, I, we spirit all in the, the sky. Hits. Close it out. We sang but all the hits. <laughs> this this silence was suddenly broken by the sound of a pounding on the front door, like. Seconds after the silence, like the silence was going <laughs> <laughs> So they sent Mrs. Hanks downstairs to no, check it, it was what was making grandma. this noise. Shut up! <laughs> well, grandma was like a mile and a half away. Did she walk all the way there? Like, <laughs> um, she's 6'4". She took three steps and she's there. She's so huge. Mrs. Hanks returned uh, after checking the front door to inform her husband that there were two policemen 
at the door. Hmm. Hey, listen. Listen. I'm the cops. I pound on the door. I see a 15-year-old girl surrounded by fucking dudes in cloaks. Just start blasting. <laughs> I don't even ask questions. Uh, it, it might have complicated matters a little bit because uh, when... Uh, <laughs> When Hank's wife, Mrs. Hank's wife, um, <laughs> tried to um, <clears throat> tried to relay this information to him, he didn't respond because he was so deeply Fucking entranced God. in the procedure of the exorcism. So he didn't even respond to her apparently yeah. uh, while she was trying to deal with these policemen because she was trying to to tell them uh, <laughs> uh, she was trying to tell them that this wasn't this wasn't anything super serious because apparently what the police had been told was that while they were patrolling Brixton Road in their car, they had received an order to go to Groveway, where the where Hank's um, house was located. And because an anonymous call had notified Scotland Yard that there was a black magic ceremony taking place at that address. Yeah, they start blasting, man. I guess they don't have guns back then. They start no. billy clubbing. Well, they, they just, <laughs> they whistles. Said, so I started clubbing. Do they have guns now? That's Bobby's. The, that's the you. No. no. The English club. UK, UK, they just club you. I think they I just mean, have, they they have like right? special. They've got they get special units that carry, but for the, like the, it's not the standard patrol issue. officers and stuff like that. Fucking billy clubs and yeah. When you first like first responders there are beating you. Second <laughs> responders are shooting you. Yeah. So uh, Mrs. Hanks apparently did her best to try to explain that what was going on was actually a spiritualist meeting and that it was yeah. perfectly legal in the eyes. Of the law, so the eyes which, of the Lord, <laughs> which thought it matters, well, which I would think funny? be arguable because black magic. I would, I would, I would lump in necromancy, the communicating with the dead, bringing up the dead, like as black magic. Is that when you bang the dead? Well, no, that's no, that's necrophilia. <laughs> oh, okay. that's oh, okay. Yeah, it's, worse it's than necro. like funny. Oddly enough, I like I know you UK and Canada are common law, so it's it, it, a little Dan. Like it, it's not, it's not the same for you, but like. Up until like the latest revision of like the Canadian criminal code, like two years ago, like fortune telling was legit not allowed according to the criminal code of Canada. Oh, yeah, but like, hey, listen, witchcraft, Mrs. Mrs. Cleo better not bring her ass to Canada. Yeah, witchcraft That's all I gotta say. Stay and here. fucking <laughs> witchcraft and fortune telling and like a bunch of the shit was not allowed. Blasphemy. As of like two years ago, so 2023, 20, 20, like 2020, that stuff got removed from the criminal code of Canada. Man, so we, I can imagine it like this time in England, the criminal code was probably like fucking black magic. Like all this shit was probably in the criminal code. Like this ain't, this ain't okay. This isn't about This is not that far removed from like the vampire panic and shit like that. Like yeah, this does not surprise true. me. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have the fucking satanic panic in a fucking few years. Like... <laughs> Um, so for a quarter of an hour, like, you know, 15 minutes, the, the, the cops, she invited the police in to actually watch and listen to the proceedings of what was going on. And then they just, they finally left and they were pretty much satisfied that whatever was going on, they didn't see it as being against the law. So they, I mean, it's fucking weird. (laughs) It's not illegal, I guess. Uh, so soon after they left, um, apparently Hanks, uh, was, (laughs) was possessed by his African spirit guide. That's how they describe it. He, he is infused by some type of uh, guardian guide spirit with the name of Sambo, Sambo. Uh, who spoke through him in a deep voice. And Sambo uh, declared that the exorcism had worked. 
And uh, for some reason, in my mind, when I think this, Sambo speaks in the third person. My name is Sambo. No, so it's like, no, Sambo no. declares this has worked. I'll be honest, like, is that, is Sambo, first of all, not only is it like a martial art, but I'm pretty sure Sambo is like a derogatory term for African-Americans. What? Is it Sambo? <laughs> pretty terrible. Probably. Yeah. I never heard Which of that. Which is kind of terrible said, that he's like, my name is Sambo. <laughs> like, I should yeah, have said it's, it's like, it's, it's pretty a, awful. It would probably, it's, I wouldn't doubt that back then it was pretty, something pretty culturally insensitive. Like, I, I'm gonna look, I don't, doubt look it, it I don't doubt it. Well, is Sambo is a derogatory label for a person of African descent in the English oh. language. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We're Kansas. So it's Sorry, like, everybody. We didn't know. We didn't know. We <laughs> you do you know. Now you know. I, 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 I guarantee nobody knew that before now. Yeah. Well, it's now. <laughs> it was all, hey, it's, also a, it's also a Russian martial art, though, if yeah. I remember correctly. It's like a. Well, leather, when we like, refer to like it Hapkido. in the derog- when we're calling people uh, the derogatory word, we'll, call, we'll refer to it as the S word. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually it's derived from a Spanish term for a person of African descent, but that's the English version of it, I guess. Honestly, it's a right. nice word. It sounded like a nice like, word. Honestly, sambo. it sounds like a nice word. Like Sambo, like it's... No, it's not. It's not a nice sounding word and we don't endorse it at all. Yeah. No, but yeah. I'm like in the Russian context. No, no, like no, like, oh, no. You're, you're pulling it down here. It you're like, oh, well, no, I was... Uh, you know, like, just, just shut the <laughs> yeah. fuck up about yeah. it. Yeah. Sorry. It's bad. Now you know. Put it down. Now you all know. Sports and N-word. <laughs> Can't yes. say it. S-word. <laughs> S-word, yeah, S-word, N-word. Can't say yeah. it. Uh, so after they had completed the ceremony, <laughs> Hanks explained that um, him and his guide uh, had managed to drive the spirit away that had been possessing Shirley and that they had sealed her aura, which apparently had been damaged at some point, and they created a psychic barrier around her that would protect her from the, the molestations of other I'm glad spirits. her auras remain sealed throughout <laughs> the, this trip to fucking <laughs> Hank's house. Yeah, the, the molestation Vito. of others. Yeah. Minus Hank. <laughs> um, so after after this, the, the Hitchings said that they kind of, they experienced a pretty much a, a, a a period of peace. Like there weren't any, the, the sounds discontinued. Like everybody was able to get a good night's sleep for once. Uh, it, there wasn't that much activity going on until a couple days later or weeks later, you had two reporters from the weekend mail who would come and call on the house. Uh, and they wanted to interview Shirley um, after More getting attention. permission from her parents and take her to their fleet street offices um, to, to go ahead and interview her about the, the events that had occurred up before that point. So when they got to her office, they actually encouraged her to demonstrate the poltergeist tapping sounds. And so, um, and they tried to, I mean, they were trying to, uh, there's no other really way to put it, like the way it's described in, uh, you know, in the, book that I was reading for researching on this. It's like they see they were really aggressive about what they were trying to do. Um like they they tried to get her to do this and they were trying to figure out I mean I think they were starting from the idea that this was a hoax. Like she yeah. was doing something in, in order. So they were starting from that point and that's not really a good way to start an investigation but they just went into that. And then it, it's even said that they went as far to try and have a, or they had an actual female reporter strip Shirley to make sure she wasn't hiding some type of clicking device or something like so that. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa. I just want to point out really quickly, uh, the psychic barrier that protected her from the molestation of others did not work. Spirits. It's only spirits. <laughs> only spirits. <laughs> yeah. 
they didn't find anything. They find any de- devices like that. But the reporters asked Shirley apparently to remove these like w- these like winter boots that she was wearing, and they thought that she might be clicking her toe or her toes to in order to produce a sound. And if people remember, if that sounds familiar, it it's, it certainly does because it's the Fantastic Fox Sisters. You're probably remembering from the uh, like mid 1800s. They were like a they were like a sister group that basically they did this kind of thing. And a lot of people to this day still think this is what Shirley was doing was that like they were producing like a popping or clicking sound with her toes. That's what they did with the, the, the Fox sisters did it when they found out it was a hoax. Like it was like they were popping their toes. They had this uncanny ability to like pop their toes like and make snap, it really loud. Like, like your fingers, but like your toes. Kind of. It was like yeah, it was something like that, but it was like, um, I can't remember the exact description, but they, they had some sort of talent where they were able to like really pop it so you can really hear it, you know, disturbingly loud popping of your toes. Um, And that's what they thought. Um, That's what they thought she was doing. And it, it didn't help. So just to disprove her, they fucking got a 15-year-old fucking buck-ass naked man. Yeah, they're like, they're like, like yeah. what the fuck? Who is running this newspaper? Yeah, they're like, so, right, um, do Did it she again. not have the ability to be like, uh, no, thank you? <laughs> like, the, the sound, like she was able to produce prison. the sounds. Like, the sounds were coming. They didn't know from where. But after she they had it, well, after they had to remove the, bo- the boots, though, the sound stopped. Okay. Mm. All right, probably because they decided to start spraying her with a fucking hose when it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing. Christ. It's like, okay, so say like, let's just say for a second, this poltergeist is a troll. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the nature of a poltergeist. Whoa, 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 like, you mean it's a troll? Like yeah. a troll under the bridge? No, like to fuck with you. Like it's just there to like, it just loves fucking a with scam? you. scam? So it knows, it knows when you're like, like it's like, it's like watching like the boots off. That's like, yeah, now I'm not going to do anything because this is funny. Right, because now they're going to think that you're naked. It's the boots, but you're standing there. But that doesn't really butt naked. That like we're going to get into it a little bit later, but that doesn't really fit into this this fucking uh, yeah. poltergeist mo. He's usually fucking going to bat for old Shirley girl here. <laughs> so um, after after that after that whole series of events, the, the the reporters brought in a man who greeted Shirley, and apparently, to, according to her account, was speaking with some type of foreign accent. And the newspaper described this this person as a member of the the Hypnotist Association, um, who had a reputation for psychiatric work. So yeah. he was going to try it's and just, hypnotize. I mean, that was still big back then. Hypnotism. Some quotes on that. Uh, but Shirley refused to pretty much obey the man's request to do anything to relax or any of the the, the Well, she was still standing there butt her. naked, so I would Why? Well, I'm sure yeah. she wasn't naked at this point. I'm sure they took her in a different <laughs> room fucking, with a female. Yeah, but reporter. why would she cooperate like, with these people if they treat her like shit? Exactly, yeah. yeah I'm, like, I'm totally crazy. on board with that. Like, there's no reason for her to be cooperating with these people, like I said. No, but they seem no. to be really like pushy, bullshit, really aggressive. Man, yeah. So, you know, F this well, noise. Awful. Um, it's a child, man. Uh, and so, you know, she refused to cooperate uh, with the hypnotist and, you know, the doctor just pretty much gave up because, you know, I, I, for hypnotism to work, you kind of have to be willing, like the, the participant has to be willing on some level to kind of do it. So it wasn't going to work, like just off of that. Um, so, well, she th- found out this guy's last name was a sprinkle and she's like, this guy ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck this guy. No this shit. shit. Uh, Leon Sprinkles. And so, uh, according to her account, she she made it home after six hours. They had her for six hours, um, and she was understandably obsessed, uh, obsessed, upset, and distressed about the events that happened. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the poltergeist disturbances started up again. What's feeding so, on her energy? So yeah, so it, it's they it, before that they were quiet, like nothing was really happening. And then after that interview, that that. You know, you probably see traumatic 
event um, that she went through, the poltergeist disturbances started up again. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> on Friday, on the Friday morning after that, uh, Wally telephoned Hanks again and told him to come quickly to try and, you know, this, to get this out, to do something again, because that seemed to work the last time. And um, so uh, <laughs> Hanks kind of listened to Shirley when he got over there and explained that the that the, the poltergeist was back and that these these noises seemed to be louder than they were before. Um, and so Hanks volunteered to kind of host oh, Shirley at his home. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, what a nice so, guy. And, and it's also around this time that I believe that that Hanks actually thought that maybe this wasn't so much a thing about like a singular spirit as that it had something to do with Shirley um, having some kind of innate like psychic ability. Um, Hanks Hanks talks about his personal kind of journey as a medium. Like he he talked about like his his experiences started when he was ten. And then when he re- and then you know on from there, it wasn't until later that he recognized like you know he saw. Basically, I see dead people, um, yeah. strange appearances and whatnot, and couldn't explain them. And it wasn't until later that he embraced this ability uh, to, to, to summon spirits um, and African spirit guides uh, <laughs> with politically incorrect names. Yeah. And um, and so Hanks thought this was what, what was happening to... Um, to, to Shirley that she had some type of exceptional ability or that she was some type of beacon that was attracting different spirits. Like he, he, he believed that like, it wasn't just one spirit. It was that they had gotten rid of one. And then there was another one that had, that had kind of taken its See, place. And he I, believed that this one was the spirit of a woman who had committed suicide on Wycliffe road years before. See, I think I honestly, that's why I think this thing's a troll. I don't think it's, I don't think it's multiple spirits. I think it's one thing just fucking with people. Like, I think it's just in, like, it's uh, like something coming through the void. That's just like, I just want to cause a little bit of chaos. Like it's, it's not really hurting anyone. Like it's not like, yes, it's affecting people's mental health and stuff, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, it's not really fucking. So it's like all this stuff about multiple personalities and things. I think this is just like the poltergeist spirit. Like, I think this is what these things do. Is I well, think they I, just change and manipulate and fuck with you. But don't they usually say like poltergeists are usually like childlike in nature? Well, it would seem. I remember like reading that. Like that's one some, of the key. In some of the things, yeah. It's, it's well, and, like very, the majority. Like they're usually it's like a childlike spirit that's attacking, like, and it not, attaches with a youth or adolescent. So, like, yeah, maybe it's right. Usually, an adolescent female in the UK. Yeah, from. <laughs> what we've seen. Oh, I would say they're like the gist of poltergeists. Like poltergeists are definitely the most prominent poltergeists are in the UK, a hundred percent. Stories <laughs> of poltergeists, poltergeists. Uh, so, um, so at some point, uh, you know, the communications with the spirit started up again. You know, they set up the whole Ouija board. That's not a Ouija board. The and Wally they board. started. Wally, Wally board. board. Yeah, yeah. I guess the Wally board um, or Shirley board, I guess. And then, uh, so they started to communicate a little bit better with the spirit. And the first time you get a really good message from it is that is the one that Shirley Shirley took down. And this is the very first time. So let me kind of, I'll read it out. So no, hold on, hold on. Read it in character. I, I don't, I really, that's no, I can't do it. Um, yes, you can. 
<laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> you can't do it. I don't it. want to. Yes, no, because it's going to be really stupid. Yes, you can. I am 15. I come from France. Los Vices Chanel cannot remember my name. I had a girl like you. Don't know this. Not aware of me. I want someone to tell him. I want a happiness between you two. I won't go until it is made it so. Let me go happy by telling Ronald of me, but not to his family. He must keep me a secret between you and me and to himself. Uh, give this to Karch. Uh, let no one see it, get Karch. But you keep secret and tell Mark if you have fought her, fought her, I'd be angry and set fire. Like that's, um, that's, that's very, that was like the best cross between Japanese and French I've ever heard from <laughs> in my life. So, that was perfect. Uh, you gotta, you gotta cap with a ha 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 ha. Right, we'll, we'll get to France. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so this is the first real message that you get uh, an idea of like what what kind of persona is is, is this poltergeist is inhabiting or but that's or not. But the, here's the thing: is like everything leading up to this, you've not got that kind of persona. They're like like before this moment where they're like now it's this. You haven't. That's why I think it's just this thing fucking with them, like. <laughs> It, the, this thing doesn't have a singular persona, much like we like nowadays. We don't be like, oh, like, like, ge- like you know, whatever genders are fucking bending situation we've got going on now. This is the same thing. Like, it's like it's like you're trying to put this thing in a <laughs> in a in a circle, and it's like, no, I can be all things. I'm fucking with you. Like, it's I, I'm French now, and now I'm this. Like, it's just sitting there, just being like, yeah, I'll make, I'll be whatever. I want well, to how do we time. know that it's the same? How do we know it's the same fucking ghost though? Too I, could be different ones. You could be channeling different ones every time you reach out. Like, <laughs> maybe, but it's like because this thing's fucking with them constantly. To me, I just think I think the essence of a poltergeist, if like in in terms that we understand nowadays, is a troll. It's a troll spirit. Like it's just fucking with you to be funny. Like it, whatever it's doing, it thinks it's being funny, and the more mm. attention you give it, it's like the more elaborate the jokes become. So, uh, with 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 this communication kind of set down uh, by by the poltergeist, um, it, there are examples like in there. There are multiple misspellings of words. Like for example, when he said fifteen, he spells it not fifteen. He spells it F I V H T E E N. Fifteen. Um, when he, he spells it with his 15. accent. Yeah, yeah. 15. Uh, when he wants to spell, when he wants to spell father, he spells it F A H T E R. Father, um, father. And right, when funny. he refers, <laughs> when he refers to Kirch, um, they had to take they had to take a little bit of liberty there and try to interpret what they meant. They they figured that it referred to one Michael Kirsch, who was a K I. It's spelled K E R C H, um, and. Kirsch was uh, K-I-R-S-C-H. Um, and he was one of the many reporters that had been calling at number 63. And so uh, Shirley in her recollections of, of meeting him was that he was uh, he, he was friendly, but he was also deeply skeptical about what was going on. Um, and, and there's also kind of some descriptions and suspicions that Shirley um, was attracted to him. She she kind of described him in some accounts as uh, he was really nice looking. I fancied him. Um, and so 
but it wasn't really well, clear was, as to whether these Shirley feelings were herself were, saying that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that those weren't those weren't accounts of that. Shirley said that she was like, yeah. I remember thinking he was hot, and right. I was like, I fucking want him. So the the poltergeist, you know, is telling them to bring them. It, it seems to be implied that you're going to bring it here, or I'm going to set, I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's, um, and so after this, after after this though, the the ghost does take on a little bit of a more, um, like a bit more violent streak. Um, there's there's a couple more accounts about the the like a bit more pyro pyromania going on uh, where there were things that were starting to catch fire uh, matches were being struck without not without knowing what matches would go missing. The secret uh, smoker. Uh, what's what's the, like, I wonder it was the same thing as yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 light, the burning of matches the matches. Yeah. 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 And the matches and the, and the mysterious fires starting in the house and nobody knows how they, how they, how they started. Um, so, <laughs> Enter in another one of the, the big things about this. We finally get to it, but it's um, uh, Harold Chibbit. Uh, you know, Harold Chibbit. Uh, Chibs. <laughs> Chibs. The Chibmeister. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harold Chibbit was a pretty, pretty well-known, well-connected person in the area of psychical research. Um, he was born in uh, 1900 in Islington, North London. Uh, he served in the army during the First World War, and he kind of... A pilot. <laughs> And he worked for the civil service in London. So, um, you know, after the the First World War, he became deeply interested in spiritualism and, and psychical research. Um, again, he you know struggling to cope with the loss of of people during the war. Um, when when Chibbit first heard about the poltergeist, uh, apparently he was living in uh, North London and he was working at the tax office up there. So he was able to kind of go and visit uh, the 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 Battersea poltergeist, right? So he called on, he called on the Hitchings on the evening of Tuesday, 6th uh, of March. And he invited, they kind of invited him to chat with Shirley and his parents. And I think Chibbit, like a lot of the, a lot of the information that we have now is from Chibbit and his Chibbit. research, like about his this. documents. Yeah. He, he's a very thorough researcher. Um, uh, people kind of described him as a person who would, like he he believed in this. He wanted to believe, but he never let his beliefs kind of get in the way of of those of the stuff that he saw challenging his preconceptions. So he, he was always trying to figure out whether um and, and you know he from here on it's pretty much like all of his correspondence and stuff like this. He's always trying to figure out if it's actually real. He's never one hundred percent on board, but he's always just trying to. He, he's in. He doesn't believe it's a hoax, but he wants to know exactly what's going on. He's so thorough. He camped out on their kitchen floor. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like no joke. Like this, it's either okay. But the, here's the thing: it's like, is he that thorough, or is he just like a homeless war vet that needs a place to stay? No, I mean, no, he's <laughs> just grifting. He had a good job. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll solve it. Like, I fucking just just feed me and let me sleep here. And we're good. Um, he had a good job. Like his, <laughs> his job was good. I think they were they were actually <laughs> no. pretty well off. I think I believe. Um, he was, they were that's what he led you to believe. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Uh, really? I mean, he's him just a his, grifter. He had nowhere to. I mean, sleep. he did retire at some point. He was able to take a holiday, like go travel to Paris and all this stuff. Like he did retire at some point. Yeah, what's that? Well, he retired on the fucking people's fucking kitchen floor. <laughs> what was it? He's um, the inventor of couch surfing. <laughs> yeah, smart. Um, 
So after, so you have Chibit coming in here, and he begins to kind of take an interest in chips. this. And, and Chibs prefers to call Chibs. Just call him Chibs. Uh, so Chibs takes a interest in the the Battersea Poltergeist and Donald uh, and Shirley, and kind of what the relationship is here, and, and what's exactly going on, and trying to figure out exactly what it what it was that is going on. Now. Uh, from the communications that Donald's kind of throwing out, he has this, some weird obsession with Kurt Kirsch. Uh, and he couldn't really, like, Kirsch didn't really decide to, like, come back. Like, it wasn't really, um, you know, they they try to, to contact him, but he doesn't really feel like coming back. Like, again, like we said, he was deeply skeptical about what's going on. And you just get letters, like, trying to get you to come back. And you're like, why Why would I come back? I, I assume <laughs> that's, that's what's kind of going on. Um, and he had no interest in, in coming back. So apparently, uh, after that kind of happened, and his, he rebuffed uh, these these invitations to come back, uh, the, uh, the the Donald like moved its obsession to another. <laughs> the Donald Get moved. Maxwell Kirsch, no good. He's no good. <laughs> right. Uh, he, he moves on to uh, a Donald. Uh, sorry, it's a um, Jeff, like Jeff and David Maxwell, who are both like actors, TV actors. Um, apparently, Shirley was was a big fan of like historical, like historical based series, um, historical set series on on TV, and she would watch a lot of those. And um, Donald wanted so like to whatever meet Downton Abbey was back then. Yeah, kind of like that, or Robin Hood okay. kind of stuff, like any any of those kinds of ones. Um, and pretty much like again, Donald was not exactly uh like kind in his requests. It was pretty much like there was one, yeah, get Maxwell, Kirch no good. I will set house afire if you don't get Maxwell, so take care. Like it was constant threats. And I don't know how the family dealt with it because it's like constant threats of this that, this poltergeist trying to burn your house down. This this was like a regular thing for like a year. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know how you stand this. Hmm. I know how they go. Ins- did not go insane. Um, well, and I, so I, it, you don't go insane because the house never burns down. So you're like, this. It's this true. Well, I, I, I attempted. There were a couple. There were a couple. Yeah, there were a couple ten- attempted arsons uh, at the house. Um, uh, ghost arsons, spec- spectral arsons, uh, and so. But yeah, the house never ever burnt down or anything like this. But but the thing is, is like they had to actually take. Um, like Wally started to take like physical precautions to try and not let them burn the house down. Like when he would leave, like he'd unplug all of the electrical devices. He'd like turn off all the breakers to like the electric stove and stuff like that. Like all anything that could like be turned on, like the burners and the stove and stuff, he would take all that stuff offline when he left the house in the morning to go to work. Like just the fact that you had, that's something extra that you have to think about and you have to take that as just, I I don't, I don't know how people would deal with that today. (laughs) You have to just deal with it. Um, so uh, apparently on Wednesday, March fourteenth, um, one of one of Wally's sisters, Nell, who lived on <laughs> Lavender Hill at the end of Wycliffe Road, invited. Um, uh, she lived there with her husband Bill and a, and a younger daughter. Um, she had invited Shirley to come stay with her for a short time uh, because just to, you know, kind of take the burden off or something, kind of just be like, okay, help out. But. Um, so when they took um when they took Shirley, apparently the the morning that she was supposed to leave, the tapping had started uh in the morning at at her home, and then it ceased when Shirley left to go visit her aunt. Mm. 
But then the points are being tied to Shirley because, like, the second right, she. But leaves, we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that though. We saw that with Enfield. We saw like they, these poltergeists follow the person that they choose. They usually key on somebody and they go with them. They're attached. <laughs> but like a, like a gar- it's a poltergeist. Like our, it's like I said, like a guardian angel. But yeah. It's a poltergeist. Everyone's got one. And it must have been the oh, case no. because uh, Nell did not did not tolerate this this these antics for very long because on Saturday morning she brought Shirley back uh, or apparently Shirley was brought back in a police car. <laughs> they sent her back. They just had had enough. They're just like, no, like, just get, we've had, get it. Out. We've had it. Yeah. And, uh, um, now the, the, the case of the poltergeist like takes a lots of twists and turns because this is a very long, this is a very, 12 long, years. It's 12 years. Like yeah, 12 fucking years. These exper- the experiences family. and the things that happen are just like a ton of stuff that just happens. Little tiny events and little tiny things that start happening. Um, uh, some of the, some of the bigger ones that happen is you had the one where uh, there was a strange interaction that Donald had um, with Chibbit, Chibs um, on March 18th uh, that uh, when Chibs came to visit him, Apparently, uh, he kind of the, the tapping had started sometime around midnight, and Chibbit decided to go ahead and que- since he was being active, he decided to, to question Donald about some things. And, and one of the responses he got was, "I will do harm to anyone who don't believe in flying saucers." Hmm. Ooh, we're golden boys. There we go. <laughs> yep, I like um, that. So on on this, you know, on this topic, uh, also. Chibs was a Chibs was also a member of the like the science fiction like a science fiction writing society in in Britain. He was like one of one of the yeah, more prominent don't members. Say um, he was a um, uh, he was a fan uh. of science fiction, and so this was might be something that guy picked up like while he had been there. Maybe the poltergeist had overheard him talking about it, perhaps. Um, but he got the idea that like this would be the perfect time to question you know this otherworldly entity about life on other planets and things like this. So he asked him the quit he asked him a couple of questions. Like uh, for instance, he asked him, does life similar to human beings exist on other planets? No. What? Replied Donald. <laughs> um, but he did claim apparently that there were things up to eight feet tall out there and that life some of some sort existed on yeah, Jupiter, Mars, Saturn, Grandma Mercury, Ethel. and Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> but not on Venus what? or the moon. Well, it's funny. It like instantly contradicts itself. It's like, does anything else live out there? No. Well, yes, in this case. Well, he said, does similar, does, they're not does, like us. Yeah, he says similar to human beings. Because they're octopuses. Yeah. Right. I guess does so. life similar to, to human beings exist on other planets? And it said, no. But it said other things live. There's other sorts oh, okay. of life on Jupiter, Mars, yeah, Saturn, octopuses. Mercury, and Pluto, but not Venus or the moon. Yeah. And then Chibs also asked, Donald, like where he came from himself, and Donald replied with, I come from the atmosphere. That's so weird. Mm. Strange. <laughs> from the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. An air being. Um, so you had these these things that um, th- they were still trying to nail down exactly like what Donald was apparently like what wh- where he was from like what spirit he was if he was a person or things like this. Um, you know what the it, weird thing for me is the weird thing for me is the questions and answers. Does it not remind you of like all of us now have fucked with Chat GPT? Does it not remind you of fucking <laughs> answers like when you fucking ask? 
and like an artificial intelligence stuff where you're just like where it gives weird weird responses. You're like, okay, what? What was that? What's that? Like that's what I kind of got for so this, and I'm like, oh. Donald's the first AI. Is what you're oh, maybe or like I don't know. Like I don't know. Like it comes from the atmosphere. Like maybe these things get to a point where they it's just like time is not existent to these things, right? Like an artificial intelligence. Uh. So eventually they get to a point where Shirley had a friend over uh, on the 19th of May and they they talked to the poltergeist Donald and they kind of tried to figure out who he, and asked him like who he really was. His response was, uh, was I am Donald in this age. I am originally, which is they interpret as originally. Uh, it's spelled <laughs> A-R-I-D-G-E-N-L-Y. Uh, Louis 17th, son of Louis the 16th of the house of Louis Mon Lion. <laughs> I am Louis. I have two brothers named Dewey and Huey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for real. Yeah, that's, Listen, that's, Donald. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. What does geist mean? Ghost? Polter? Duck? Goose? <laughs> all comes back to DuckTales, boys. That's all it is. It's fucking DuckTales. I'm telling you, Poltergeist, it's fucking Donald. Ducks, I'm seeing ducks everywhere. That's it. Cracked it. Face file over. Um... So now, now Donald, who was now calling himself Louie, um, th there was a couple of facts they got, they managed to kind of nail down about the, the poltergeist, personal details. And it was that one, he was uh, born in 1798. Two, he had apparently drowned in the English Channel at the age of 15. Three, he had, he, he, died before the French Revolution for he was the firstborn son of the French King Louis XVI and Queen Marie Antoinette. And then five, he, cake. he was entitled to call himself Louis XVII. You know, sometimes he was Donald, sometimes he was Louis. Um, it gets a little mixed up at some points. Like sometimes he would... <laughs> there, there is a point where there is regular correspondence by the ghost. And I mean, like there are notes being left around, like in handwriting around the house uh, that the family starts <laughs> to discover and kind of pick up. And they would be signed either Don, Donald, and then sometimes it would be like Louis, and then sometimes it would be whatever. So whatever personality, I suppose, was dominant that day that it was trying to uh, sign out these things. So it, 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 these correspondences, a lot of them, like I said, this, we, we have almost, you have a little more than a decade of an experience of, of all of this stuff that's going on. You have, um, they range from the like psychotic ramblings of being like, I'm going to burn the house down to tiny little tiny little niceties even about like, you know, they would wish everybody a happy new year or a Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah. He would send out Christmas card correspondence to Feliz everybody. Navidad. And, yeah. and Wally, the weird thing is, is that the family, the family seemed to just take it in stride. They, they eventually just became accustomed well, for fucking to 12 this present. Years, I mean, what are you going to be in terror for 12 years? Like eventually you're just going to be like, I don't fucking care But, but they would, but it, it, yeah. And it is like, yeah, it, there, there's, there's a certain extent where I could be like, okay, you're just tolerating it, but it, there is a point where it's like they are accommodating it because, like for for example, those like it would write Christmas cards to people, address them to people. Wally would put stamps on them and take them to the mailbox and mail them out to whoever they were addressed to. Like, that's funny. <laughs> it didn't just like dump them. He was just like, no, they actually mailed them out to people. You know, um, but here's the, the thing, uh, right? Like, you're well, giving he doesn't it, want his fucking house lit on fire, well, and you're giving this thing power, right? Like, you're putting. These people put more 
energy and and mental thought in this thing, then then like that's what I'm saying is like when you feed this thing, it grows, right? And that's what it seems like it did. Like it it's maybe it's one of those things where it's like case. Okay, so say if it took on personalities and we're saying like that's just a personality at the time. Maybe when you give these kind of poltergeist things attention and they start to grow other spirits that are stuck in purgatory or let's say like that are just kicking around funnel to this like this beacon where they're like oh people are listening here like i gotta get in right and so it's like you have this like swarm of like paranormal activity of a bunch of different personalities vying for to get their message through back to the land of the living. You know what I mean? Because they know this, this is people are paying attention. People are feeding and it's are and manifesting this portal or between realms here. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Uh, So now (laughs) on the 10th of February, and I think this is, this is 1956. uh, Things took a weird turn weirder than they have been like i know everything's yeah. been weird up to this point but this is this is probably gonna get any weirder this is one of my favorite descriptions of, of the accounts of, of what went on during this is that apparently shirley started hearing a voice that was calling and it was a, a specific name she said that it was it was calling out natalie and then uh apparently an hour and a half later after that wally found a message that was written on the wall uh in the front room, this this room that they referred to uh, as the front room, uh, where apparently uh, this is where Shirley had moved. Like uh, Donald at some point had demanded that she move to the front room. The front room was, incidentally, the Bigger nicest place, the nicest nice room. Was her parents' room? She took it over, yeah. <laughs> um, the master bedroom, yeah. I must yeah. take over the master with the walk-in and the ensuite. Um, I must. And Sorry. So this message that was scrawled on the wall uh, spelled out, "I want Natalie." Um, after after them eating their evening meal, uh, apparently Shirley and uh, I think her friend uh, Doreen went into what they called Donald's room uh, to kind of uh, communicate with. Donald, they were going to call. They called it. They they started to refer to it as working the glass, like because they used a wine glass in that circular. Uh, setup that we talked about before. They would use a wine glass. It's a Ouija board. Um, and then they found out that the the voice that was trying to communicate with them was claimed to be the spirit of James Dean. What? <laughs> the 24-year-old American film star who had died in a car crash in September of 1955. <laughs> what did they ask him? Well, James Dean apparently would James Dean would uh, communicate with them for some time, and he would be writing, and then sometimes also tapping. Uh, and but apparently, none of those original letters have survived uh, after this. But um, it, it was said that I think Chibit, like Chibs, took uh, like he managed to get his hands on some of the correspondence that was claimed to have been written out by the the James Dean personification and what did it say don't drive porsches right. yeah. um it, it, like they he said that the 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 handwriting by the donald and the, the donald. handwriting by by james dean seemed to be different right um there's also there's also like an account of like an interaction between two like the donald talking Weird. about like the donald only knew how to write he didn't know how to work a typewriter so 
but he would he would talk about James Dean as they were like cohabitating uh, in Shirley's and Shirley's body and being like he's teaching me how to type how to work the typewriter. Well, it's like like I said, it, it kind of seems like it's like this is just an opening, and everything sh- at this point is trying to get through, right? Like that's kind of what it feels like because you're like, oh, now it's fucking Louis the Seventeenth. Now it now it's James Dean, right? Like it it just seems like. It, it, pandemonium in the spirit realm of, of things trying to get through. <laughs> so you would have these strange events that would go on and on. And like we said, in 12 years. And so finally, I guess you could say on the 25th of August, uh, 1963, uh, Chibbet received a letter from Donald, um, which they had always been corresponding essentially. Um, and this letter revealed that Shirley, who is now 22, uh, was in love. And that she had started seeing a man by the name of Derek, and Donald said that he wished the couple well. Now, the the, the strange thing is, is that Shirley had had relationships before this. Like he, she had had, she had had uh, other suitors, uh, uh, but they had all kind of ran off. You know, either either ran off by Donald, yeah, or the idea of that kind of Donald. stuff going on. She hadn't really had any success, you know, success in, in relationships up until this point. But um, apparently, she had met this this Derek, um, and they had hit it off. I guess they had went on some time. They, it was kind of a nice story where they they apparently went on a double date with like <laughs> different. They went on a double date, but it wasn't. With they were double date the dates. with different poltergeists. They were both possessed by poltergeists. And- no, they went on double dates with like different people, but they found out that they were more compatible than the people they had went on the date with. So then they ended oh, up yeah, meeting yeah, and yeah. hanging out, and then being whatever. So <laughs> the the one the the best part of this story is that. Um, like it got, it got serious and they, you know, um, and the family felt that it, it was serious enough that they had to mention Donald. And I feel like this is just a weird conversation you have to have. They're like, okay, Shirley, are you, are you, do you really like Derek? Do you really want it? Cause we're going to have to tell him. Have you told Derek about Donald? We're going to have to tell him about Donald. <laughs> like, I feel like that would be a fun conversation to sit on. Here's the thing that. though, is you don't listen, you're, you're growing up, you're getting old. You're going to move out. You meet somebody. You don't. That's her first fucking mistake. She could have nipped this shit in the bud right away. She could have just looked at him and been like, listen, Donnie, don't stress out. Pull the deadbeat dad. I'm going to buy a pack of smokes. I'll be back. Don't wait. You know what? Even better. I'll be back when the, when the angels win the pennant. All right? That's when I'll be fucking back. All right? So you just stick around and you wait. I'll be right fucking back. And then you just leave and that fucking poltergeist stays there and fucking bingo, bango, bongo. Pulte, gonzo. Um. But by all accounts, though, when they told Derek, like, Derek had no idea how to react. Because I don't know how, how you would. You'd be like, our daughter, our, we we love her, but she is also no. possessed by the demon of a of a six, of a Louis the 15th, former king, I guess would be current king. He knows what's France. up. Crazy girls are the best. <laughs> Crazy girls are the best. Uh, and, and, you know, he also kind of, I guess he went on for a while just believing that it was a joke. Like he, like there was, there was a period where he, he just thought that there was some kind of weird joke that was going on. But when he realized that this was something that he was just going to have to live with, he just said, okay, he just seemed to accept it. Um, for the sake of Shirley or, or their relationship, um, which is kind of nice. And they, um, you know, they went to go on and by all accounts live happily ever after. Right. They paid no more mind to it. And this thing shriveled and died. Well, not well, exactly. Not necessarily, though. <laughs> Apparently, she had another encounter in 1980 Ooh. where she was at a craft fair 
And apparently a medium came up behind her and tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, like, I just, sorry to creep you out, but I just, you know, I think you should know that there's a, there's an energy that's following you. And this energy is a little boy dressed in a fancy blue satin and he's got red hair and he has a message for you. What? He wants you to know that he's sorry for the way he behaved and he wants you to forgive him. Mm. What? And that was her last yeah. encounter. And that's usually by most descriptions of Louis, the youngest child, Louis the 17th, was his method of dress was the blue satin, kind of an aristocratic, at least that's what yeah. it would seem like if you, on the surface. Um, yeah, th- there were some events apparently that besides that one that happened and were attributed to Donald, like in, in their house, like them living together. Um, but there was nothing ever that Derek admitted that ever really kind of, he said that, was something that he couldn't be explained some other way. Um, he never felt, he never felt, he, you know, he never got the, I'm going to burn this fucking house to the ground stuff, yeah. I guess. Like, <laughs> she was happy. Yeah. She was happy. She was content. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, hey, listen, I think, I think Braden nailed this when he said, like, the attention exacerbated everything. The attention, oh, hey, we're getting the attention. But it was the attention that the 15 year old girl that was getting. Simple as that. Look at this guy's list. Listen to the Donald's list of fucking demands, okay? He got a little bit fucking crazy when the parents, when this girl's parents tried to make her get a job, all right? Yeah, he did, yeah. He got fucking crazy and wanted to burn the house down when he didn't, when she didn't get her own room. So what did they do? They gave her their bedroom, yeah. the best bedroom in the house, okay? He got fucking pissed off when they didn't want to buy her a pet hamster. Oh, yeah, I forget, <laughs> I forget about that. She yeah. forced them to buy her new clothes. <laughs> oh, they wanted a cat okay? too. After the hamster, it wanted a cat and yeah. they wouldn't get her a cat. <laughs> a he cat. also got fucking infuriated when they didn't, put in every fucking effort possible to arrange a meeting between her and a movie star that she was infatuated yeah, with named Jeremy yeah, Spencer. Jeremy Spencer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He got real like, crazy about yeah. that one. That was a real long obsession for like years. <laughs> like, are we serious here, boys? This is ridiculous. <laughs> but it was funny because Jer- I think Jeremy little- Spencer actually corresponded, like would write back and be like, his, or at least his, his, publicist, uh, his manager. His publicist his, did. Yeah, yeah, his, manager his manager or whatever, rap back. It's like, oh, it's very nice that you've taken an interest in me. Like, I feel like well, you know, it's just and then all of a sudden you get this like romantic kind of story where, oh no, Donald is actually this fucking long dead fucking prince that's right. obviously in love with her. And you know what I mean? Like it's all fucking horseshit. It's pretty. Come on. She played these poor, her poor family like a fucking fiddle, killed her grandma. <laughs> grandma Ethel fucking died. All right. Like this is, this, of course she didn't admit to there, fucking yeah, doing this. There are a lot of people who, who, who are, would be on the same page as that. And they said that it is, it is perhaps due to, Donald, that she would afforded a lifestyle that would be beyond her means, uh, because she's famous. Well, she was also unemployed for a long period. Like she, like to a point, like her friends were all making fun of her for like a couple of years. Like she was no, she wasn't employed. Like um, you mentioned the the job at the bank. She got a job at the bank, and then Donald had gone nuts about that and told her to stop working. Um, uh, she had tried like one or two other so, jobs. Well, and, whatever like, Donald I, says. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um you know and, and getting the family on board to just have her at home but uh yeah like it's she but she, the, the the fact that she was getting these interviews newspaper articles written about her visitors all of these things um like she was getting money for this like gifts people sending her well, gifts. and the attention and the she attention. started suddenly she's in the newspaper why would she quit now yeah. it just starts building and building and building like i so there's well, something i don't know it's, the thing for me is like i'm like <clears throat> i'm just like if you're there, like, 
I'm just saying, I feel like if I showed up there and I'm like, I'm looking into this thing, it would be very hard for the 15 year old to dupe me and me not be like, it's different times. Right? Here's the thing. It's, it's a very different I, time. Like, I, yeah, I, but you, I agree you were allowed to strip her naked back then. Right? You know what I mean? So it's like, how is she going to fool you? I, I agree with Brayden on the point that it might be difficult for a, a single 15 year old to dupe you. But some of the events that are in here, there's no way she could have done them by herself. Like there's stuff in here like, if it was a hoax, if it was a hoax, it would have to be like the whole family or at least one or two other people in the family doing these things, which would have been difficult because it's like the, like we said, the mom, well, the, the mom was wheelchair the, bound. Um, you know, grandma. So she'd be easy to fuck with, I'd imagine, um, right? You can do stuff behind her back pretty easy. You know, that, the, the one, the one brother though, that they don't made the stepbrother, he's the one that he adamantly, he's like, I don't want my fucking name in any of these stories. Right, he's Mark, like, yeah. all, all I'll say is the fact that Everywhere Shirley goes, this shit happens. And it never happens without her around. So, yeah. She's the one that notices everything. She's the one that found the key. She's the one that finds the letters. She, you know, so it's like, it's all centered around this fucking chick. I, I don't know. <laughs> Literally nothing bad happens to her. It, it, is, yeah. it, is an, it is an interesting case. Like a lot, of, a lot of paranormal investigators, like big names in the, in the field, like around that time had even some of them had gone in there and been like, I'm not sure if it's a hoax. Something interesting is going on here, whether it's, you know, chalk it up to, to schizophrenia, uh, chalk it up to uh, even if it is a well, hoax of some kind be the whole or hysteria. House, like the whole right. family. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It's something interesting is going on here. We're just not sure what it is. And it, if well, it's they, something like she was a paranormal beacon, it's it's definitely something like yeah. If you're getting James Dean and Louis the Seventeenth in the same in the same aura space, like that that is interesting. That yeah. is apparently the house was above a sewer as well, like a big sewer system, and they where they use a lot of rat poison and stuff. So they true. could be getting fucking it's getting seepage into their water supply mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. The one thing that kind of jumped out to me was just her, her, the incident in her bed where the, her entire family was around. Cause that was the one big event right. where like, well, we can't explain that. But all, like some, a lot of times like the, your body can contort in really weird ways and it can look like, like, you know, arch your back and stuff like that to the middle of the night. And they could kind of be like, oh, it looks like, like she's just, floating, just but her she's shoulder really. blades and her heels are yeah. on the bed and the rest is like, exactly. Oh. They're, and you're already on high alert. You're already, you're already thinking that you're paranormally activated. There's something going on. And then you see that, like your mind's going to jump to the craziest yeah. thing I would um, imagine. I, I found one of the more interesting things about this case is like just Chibbit's like dedication to the whole case thing. Like he was on this for Wait, where years. else was he going to live? Because he wanted to believe. <laughs> right. Well, he found it like, you know, people were kind of saying that, yeah, this was like, this was his white whale. This was the thing, this was the thing that was going to put him on the board as like a paranormal researcher because he was a big fan of all the other guys um, and he kind of knew them, corresponded with some of them. Um, I think like Arthur Conan Doyle was like on his mailing list. But that's, like the, thing. that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, he's that's the he's thing. consulted like, if, for if some that's, of if that's, that's the case, right? That's the case. It's like how does this guy not just deduce right away be like well, this one the of the people, maybe he had, he was a fiction writer. He maybe he had fucking plans to get in writing fiction, right? Like this was, he's going to use this as his muse. His, his pursuit of the, of the identity of this thing is fascinating. Like the way, um, like I said, the, the book I, I read by uh, Shirley Hitchens, the actual, you know, the, the girl who experienced all this and, and uh, James Clark called the Poltergeist Prince of London, the remarkable true story of the Battersea Poltergeist. Um, it lays out the whole thing and his pursuit of like just going through tons of historical accounts and data and correspondence trying to figure out if Louis the 17th, because back then they weren't sure if Louis the 17th, like the, the second son of um, 
Louis the, the was it Louis the Louis the seventeenth sixteenth um, had survived. Like there there was this whole there was this whole thing for a while where they thought he had escaped the you know the purges after the the revolution and, and all of that stuff and the death of the royalty and all of that. Uh, they they weren't sure if he had actually survived or not. There were accounts saying that you know most of the official accounts back then were that he had died, but there was no one hundred percent proof. Um, though we would get a little bit closer to the truth later um, due to like genetic testing and stuff that we found the, his skull and I don't know, what did they use? They used his heart <laughs> that they had. That's a whole different story. But um, yeah, the, like him going through there and and like the, the the entity would, when corresponding with Chibbets would give out these little details about like these ships, like uh, we escaped on a boat called the Royal Ark and he, he contacted like, every single person in France that would have possible no, like knowledge of this boat, he's like, you know, contacting everybody, every historian, every library, every record keeping society that he could get his hands on, trying to find this ship that to be able to be like, yes, this is it's Louis seventeenth, and it would th- and it would throw out details and some stuff that Chibbets would be like, this is no, there's there's a very small chance that she would know about this. Like, how did she know about this? Unless, but this that's spirit that's or what whatever. like so. that's what captivated him, right? That's why. I think that there's some truth to this story is because like this is a guy who would do extensive research and then he would like look into these things and he'd be like, how the fuck would she know this? Like, but he's also got a massive desire for this to be real. True. Yeah. So, but he, right, like but he, was, his he did, he did take a lot of liberties and some of the interpretations of the things that he did. I would like looking back on his notes and stuff and it would be like, he well, did, his notes, his notes compared to the book you read. Vastly different. <laughs> like, no, I could tell. Like, me and Braden definitely went through his notes, like yeah. the po- uh, the podcast and everything like that, as opposed to your notes, because like, oh, the, there's a tapping, and I'm like, oh, motherfucker, well, I read that there was a fucking banging so loud that <laughs> you know the entire neighborhood could find right. Like, so there's there is a big difference between what this guy wrote and yeah, he he what he the, definitely uh, sensationalized it a little bit, as he would, as he he's part of the fucking. Writers Guild, the fucking spooky, booky, fucking geisty yeah, bullshit. That's, 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 that's what he wants to do. Bookie, that's the title. Goosey, Lucy. <laughs> Anyways, basically, <laughs> wrap it up. So, I don't know. Better see Poltergeist. Interesting. Yeah. So, there's whole, there's whole listen. podcast dedicated to this case, like mm-hmm. entire it's series. It's great. Of Horror podcast. Yeah. No, it was great. I, I, the audio drama is awesome. Oh, I highly recommend great. it. It's phenomenal. Great. Super enjoyed it. It's uh, it, it, it's interesting though because I, like I said, listening to this one and what we and the other. You know, cases of poltergeist we've talked about. It does make me think that uh, if these things are real, um, they're real. I think I my personal thoughts on them is that I think we all encounter them at some point in our lives. The difference is, is we just don't give them, uh, you know, the attention or the what fuels them to grow. Right? It's like they come, they fuck with you. You're, you just kind of pass it off as, oh, I don't know why this happened, and you move on, right? And so do they, right? So but Poltergeist looking- might be, may be real, may not be real, but you know what really is the realest of real? Our Patreon supporters. Yeah. Boom. The realest, the right realest of the real. They actually exist, or they're bots that pay us money. One of the two. <laughs> Either, to or. Either, Either way, we <laughs> support it. Either way, we love them. <laughs> the Sneak's newest supporters. We have Dimitri, Carol M. Velasquez, Ryan Morse, Brian Ince, Ince, you be the judge. 
Tyler Gillum, Marcus Fafield, and a nice little bump from Grim Knight Productions. I don't know what they're producing, but they're producing something. Mm. Check them out. Hope it's cheesy horn. We support, support it. it. We support it. All right. That, that was fun. <laughs> it was a long And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the sky.